The doors to the Patients Getting Paid membership community are now wide open. This is a community of people with chronic illness learning to find and create flexible remote work that accommodates their health. I call us chronicpreneurs. There are trainings, coaching calls, networking opportunities, co-workings, and a ton of resources. Want to take better care of yourself and still generate an income? Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSnow.com. I'm your host, Kathy Reagan Young. Hello and welcome. I appreciate you choosing to spend some time with me today. My guest today is author of a romance novel, and she's a wife, mother, daughter, friend with MS, and all that that can entail. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book. But first, let me remind you that you can share your FUMS spirit with the world by wearing some FUMS merchandise available over at FUMSnow.com slash shop. And if you aren't on the FUMS newsletter list, do yourself a favor and sign up. I do all the work for you. I curate articles and studies and points of interest, the top six topics in MS for that week. It's called the FUMS Six Pack, and you can sign up for it at FUMSnow.com slash get the scoop. Delaney Parker is an author who lives in upstate New York with her family. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in October of 2008. It was her diagnosis with MS that inspired her to write her debut novel, Grace, featuring a woman navigating not only an MS diagnosis, but marriage, parenting, and friendship. I really enjoyed the novel's accurate depiction of life with MS, but also its super steamy subtext. (laughs) Wow. Think Fifty Shades of MS. Let's go meet this talented writer. Welcome to Lainey. Welcome to me. Thank you so much to have me. I'm so excited to be here. I really am. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for writing this. This was so good. But we're going to get to the book. But let's start at the beginning. Like pre-MS, pre-MS, what did your life look like then? Pre-MS, I had a full-time job. I worked for Medicare. I had just gotten married. We decided to hey, let's have a baby because everything looks perfect. Yeah. And by the time I was five months pregnant, I was already having issues. And I was taken out of work, put on workers' compensation. And by the time that I could go back to work, my position had been dissolved. So I went back upstate with a baby. And within five, six months, like I'd already had little things that were starting to be off. Mm. And I didn't understand what was going on. And then in December of... I think 07, right? Yeah, 07, December of 07. It was really that long ago. I really age myself every time I talk about it. (laughs) You were a mere child at the time. (laughs) I stand up and my legs just went out. Like they weren't there. And I heard my baby crying. So I literally army crawled to get to him because I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. And that's when I realized whatever these little things are, something is happening. Something big here is going on. That's more than just, I don't feel good. Yeah. Holy cow. That's really unusual. Most people with MS feel, women obviously feel really good when they're pregnant. I did. I always say if it didn't result in another child, I would be pregnant the rest of my life. That's how good I felt. 
That's unusual. You felt I did not do yeah. well during pregnancies. I had a flare up while I was pregnant. I wow. was not. It was not great. Wow. It was not great. But they're worth it. Yeah, they are. Exactly. It was they worth are it. worth it. But, they are worth it. Ooh, at the time. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear for, that. Yeah, just trying to hold on. <laughs> yeah. As we said, you were diagnosed with MS in 2008. Tell us about the journey to get there. I understand you were beginning to think you may be yeah. insane, but finally well, found a diagnosis me. with WebMD. <laughs> What's that story? I didn't think I was crazy. I thought everyone around me was a traitor and a jackass, but I did oh. not think I was crazy because I'm like, wait a minute. Nobody... Right. In my mind, I could not imagine manifesting something so much in just my psyche that my body literally was just giving out on me. Mm -hmm. Like, I was pretty happy. So they're like, oh, you're by, I was told I was bipolar. I was told I was obese. I was 185 at the time. Again, I had a baby. I was juicy. My mouth and my butt matched, but I wasn't (laughs) so heavy that my legs would just go out. You know, it was a little much. And I was trying to tell everyone what was going on. And everyone was like, really? You're uh, just, you know, hard having a baby. That and I'm face. like, oh my goodness. And lucky for me, I was one of six kids. Babies have never been a mystery. I was changing diapers at three. I'm not saying I didn't have a little postpartum, but that's not why your legs go out. Right. That's not why your speech is slurring for me. Maybe there's a more, I don't want to. Uh, no, you're right. You're 100% you know? right. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I went to the doctor again and again, and they kept telling me that it was, you know, you're bipolar. It's this, uh, they put me on Seroquel and the first night I was on it, I couldn't even get myself to bed. Mm. I had to get walked to my bed. And then they said, Oh, isn't it great? Cause now your symptoms are going away. Well, it's not because of the medication it's because the flare up was ending and that's just how it is. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it happened again and again, and no one believed me. And then it was around October of 08 when it happened again and I refused to leave my doctor's office and he said, you know what? This is just a bunch of fodder. I will never forget that word. Ugh. And I'm just going to let you do this because you're just not going to stop. Because I was, oh I'm not going to stop because I knew it, you know? And he made me an appointment with the neurologist. I went in there and I let him know. I was like, listen to me. I will not be leaving here without a follow, without a recommendation yeah. from MRI to someone. Something, yeah. Within two days, I was back in the office because I was in the middle of a flare-up. And this whole time, I'm trying to parent and be okay while everyone around me is telling me that it's all in my head and I'm full of it. And I'm like, oh, oh. gosh. Yeah, so it was a little bit hard there. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. So how long did it take, once you got to a neurologist, how long did it take to get that diagnosis? Three days because oh. once you get an MRI, they yeah, me, I mean, pretty I obvious. Me within the next day, he right. said to come on in, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Did Nobody ever... called me in the office that fast for for no reason, right? Did you, you go know? back to your primary care and say, "Fuck your fodder"? <laughs> I mean, really, that's he awful. didn't remember that. He was like, "I don't oh, remember." Convenient. Oh. Mm-hmm. I have found out a lot that that tends to happen. Yeah. Things they may have said. So there is no. I do remember. Yeah, it was um, it was interesting because when the doctor had to give me the diagnosis, I was with my husband, and he said that based on your MRI, based on all of this, it it's MS. (gasps) 
as your wife. And then I loved it being I told you so as it is. Like this was glorious because I yeah. was excited. I'm not crazy. Okay. And knowing. I made him say it again while I eyeballed my husband. And oh, <laughs> right. Mm, right. There's that one. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. One. And it was only truly because he was so afraid. The idea that something was wrong with us, we were in a tender plight. Like our yeah. marriage was so young. We were a tender little reed and that storm was way too big. And he, the idea that this girl, like she's my wife and she just had a baby right. and she's great otherwise and this can't be wrong with her. But it did take me a long time to find a place of not yelling and not bringing, you know, not yeah. feeling some kind of way about it. I bet. I, I'm just listening to you talk and you're such a descript you you love language, obviously, um, which was obvious in this book, but you just said, you know, it was a tender read. I mean, it's so descriptive. Everything you write and say, it's I just had Thank to bring you. attention to that. So Thank were you. were you a writer prior to writing this book or are you trained in writing? Even in high school, I used to write my friends' homeworks because it was fun for me to write stories. I would be like, Oh, you have something to do, I'll write it for you. Oh, so yeah. you always enjoyed it. Yeah, always. I don't know. I like telling stories. I talk a lot. I'm pretty sure you're going to yeah, <laughs> I talk quite a bit. Well, you're so in the right place. Thing. But did you have designs on making that uh, no. a career? Than, um, ever since I was little, I rem- because of the way I talk and how I'm so animated, it was often said I should be a writer or an actress or something along those lines. Yeah. But... I think I read a ton as a kid. I read so much and I was never trained in the way that, oh yeah, I took all these writing classes, but I was trained in the way that I like eight books. I devoured them constantly. So I literally read everything I could get my hands on. That's legitimate training. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I was reading over a thousand pages a day, like a thousand pages a week at like 14. All I would do is just read, read, read. I remember as an adult before, and I'm not saying it was a wise move, but I would have a book <laughs> open on my seat in my car and I would read at red lights because I could not. Wow. Not when I, was a kid, I went to a sleepover with the book Stuart Little and I was reading my book at the sleepover and I didn't know it was rude because I was like, oh, we're reading book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is yeah, quite the Stuart story. Little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you were destined, my friend, obviously. So hearing that now, I know the answer to this question. I was going to ask you, is writing a gift or a burden to you? And and my point of reference with that is uh, it's a little bit of both for me. I consider yes. myself a writer as well, but I find it yes. incredibly daunting staring at a blank screen. <laughs> Once I get Love started, it. I'm good. But it's like sitting yeah. down to write. It's like, shit, won't come out. Right? I always tell everybody, like the beginning is like me trying to learn stick there's gears grinding there's a lot of noise jerking i definitely smell smoke something's yeah not it takes a while for things to get their finesse you know yeah like you gotta oil it yeah yeah you'll hear it like when i get to a point like oh she's got legs all right she's walking around because it takes me a minute I bring in the characters and then i gotta see how everyone goes and you become almost like a court stenographer that story does what it does after i get started It has, I kind of just follow them around. It sounds so bizarre. And if I hadn't done it, I would never know. But yeah, no, I get that. After a while, they kind of just do take on a life of their own and you're just documenting it, right? Exactly. Um, Exactly. Well, that, that comes through in this book. 
So your romantic novel, Grace, it's, it's your debut. So I'm going to let you give our listeners a brief overview of the book. I'd likely spoil it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my um, mouth shut. So you, you well, tell everybody. It's about a, a woman who, yeah, she has MS, but she's also a wife, a mother, a best friend. She's a daughter. And she has to try to navigate all those other relationships while also managing this illness that like it or not, as we go, it takes bits and pieces. It mm-hmm. takes things. And you're just trying so hard to still manage all of these things because you want so badly to still be a full person. Right. Nobody wants to just sit in their bed and only be a patient. Right. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. We're more than that. I'm more than my prescriptions. I'm more than my cane. I'm more than this. Like I'm more than this. Even if I'm not the same girl, I'm still here. I'm still in here and I still feel stuff and I still yeah. want to. And yeah. that was what's important to me. And that's yeah. what came out in the character. She wants everything to really be okay. She knows she that things aren't right in her marriage, but yeah. mm. like all of us, I think we tend to not look at things if we're not ready to see them. Right. And la, 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 la. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so much a romance. I almost feel it sounds, it's a movie term, but it's a dramedy. There's fun in it. Like there's definitely like 100%. between the two main characters, Marie and Margaret, they're ridiculous. They make me laugh a lot. Mm, yes. And I think it's fantastic to do, but they're just, you got to go with it. And they're trying so hard. Marie is so protective and Margaret is just I weird. Love their She's relationship. So yeah. She's I, so funny. And I look great girl. Love her to death. Not yeah. me. Right. Um, and the book is more about navigating through all of it. Like, what's going on in your marriage? How are your friends? Is your friend checking in with you? What goes on between a daughter and a mother? Because this book isn't about a woman and her MS journey. This right. is a woman who's living and she has MS. Exactly. Like, MS right. is yeah. only one tiny part of what she's... The true drama in the book has nothing to do with her illness the true drama in the book and the climax and the reason we all showed up to the fire to hear the story has very little to do with anything about her ms and in the end you find that out it wasn't about ms it's about character and who you are and who you're with who you surround yourself with yeah and the choices you make so yeah yeah, the book is a lot and it's all of it is raw and real and yeah definitely give it a shot. Well, I have to be honest and tell you that I get a lot of books sent to me to review and and they want to come on the show. Most haven't been very good, to be honest with you. So I was a little jaded when I opened yours. I was immediately pleasantly surprised. I, Thank you so much. Thank I liked you. the story or stories as it turned out. I like your very accurate depiction of MS and how you wove it throughout the book. You're a very good writer, very descriptive. I was into it immediately and I could envision each scene because you gave me so much detail that it painted a picture in my mind. I mean, I just can't say enough. I know I'm gushing a little bit, but honestly, I was not expecting a lot, but it's so good. So obviously it was your own MS battle that inspired you to write this novel about a woman navigating through not only a chronic illness, but marriage and parenting and friendship. And, and really, as, as you just said, MS was, you know, a sub character. I mean, it really, it was, it's like, it is for us. I mean, it's there, but we have a lot of life to live. So we just go on with it and oh yeah, the MS is there too. And that's why it was important for me to write about 
different situations because yes, we have to go to the doctor. We have our MRIs. I do slur. My feet hurt. I'm not okay, but I'm still a best friend. I'm still going to, you know, right. be a wife. I'm still going to be a woman, a parent. Yeah. Like there's all these things. I don't get to stop being a mom or any of that just because I don't feel yes. good. Yes. It doesn't and work that way. Here's something else I really loved about it. You didn't uh, duck the husband, wife, the marriage relationship. You were really honest about it. And your her husband, you were very clear in in and honest and raw with his language and what he thought about it. And I thought this is brilliant because too many people skate around this and pretend. And why pretend? It yeah. is what it is. And once we know what we're dealing with, that's when we can deal with it, right? This pretending bullshit doesn't help anybody. And it's no, it doesn't. And it was important for me to write about the things that happen between the words, between the shoulds and the shouldn't. Like, oh, I don't know if I should yeah. be mad. Well, it doesn't matter. Do you feel mad? Right. I don't know if I have a right to this. Well, we're not talking about what you have a right to. Yeah. Where are you at it is. Yeah. I go underneath the shoulds. I want to know how it really is. And even if you don't have a right to feel a certain way or if it's not correct or socially, this is how you're feeling. This is where right. you're at. Exactly. And the guy was, and the guy, we're just, he's talking to himself. And it's, right. the fact is, I'm glad to see there's moments where he's a little truthful with himself. Yes. Because through a lot of it, he doesn't want to see what it is that he's actually doing and why he is where he's at with things. Yes. And it truly was important for Margaret to go through it because she, it wasn't about her at yeah. all. We tried to, and everyone, of course, but when you have, you're going to always try to blame and rationalize behavior if it's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't should all over yourself. That's what I tell people. Don't no, should on yourself. If I do, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> really yeah. disappointed. Yeah. 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 This was so, I just think this book is going to be good for people with MS and people who love people with MS. It just was so clarifying for me and honest. Thank That's you. what I love. Auth authentic, really authentic um, relationships. It was so cool. So uh, <laughs> MS is you know, not inherently sexy, but this book is, sister, it's 50 Shades of MS. So why include such graphic detail? Because life is graphic. Sex isn't polite. We're having sex. Like, you know, yeah. is literally someone going to sail their ship to your shore? Probably not. I didn't want to talk in innuendos and well-placed Oz. If every other place in the book, <laughs> I speak in those situations with authenticity, Married people have sex. People yeah. who are in love and fight, they have sex. Mm -hmm. And so, again, when you have sex, the, I don't know if it's so graphic as much as the words are accurate because that's what you're doing. Yeah, like, exactly. And I admit, before I wrote this book, I had never written something like that. You're going to laugh. I, I actually had to do, because I am such a nerd, a Google search on how to write sex sounds because I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And what it was is I was writing a scene and it just seemed like this is a natural place where a wife and a husband would probably make up. Yeah. And when you make up, what else you got? Sorry, but you, you <laughs> right. know, I'm going. So like, <laughs> that is what it is. And you know what? It, it, it's not romantic. It's, it's, it is some sex. Like that's yeah. what's going on. There might be romantic love, like I love you, but that is not what's happening. Here, if I can raise you and I can laugh with you, then when we have sex, I'll be just as real with that too. Right, right. Yeah, no, super refreshing. Have you found that sharing your story has been helpful for you? It has because I realized I always knew I wasn't done 
but I have more confidence. I'm like, I did this. I remember when I looked at my computer and it said 80,000 words and I could not believe this was this moment. Here I am. And of course, I had gotten the computer for Christmas. I said, if somebody buys me a laptop, I'll write a book. And I'm sure my husband was like, oh, okay, sure you will. And <laughs> so he gets me this computer, you know, because again, yeah, I'm going to write a book. Every one of their moms going to write a book. But I'm such a jerk because I said it out loud. I don't want to look like I'm not going to do right, it now. So now I'm like, right. I just backed myself into a corner because on Christmas morning, when I open a laptop, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, I got to write a book now. Terrence. All right, all right, all right. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, and I got the first draft done in six months. And oh, wow. a great guy who was a friend of mine in school, his name is Mike. I had to read my book. And he said, sweetie, stop being so polite. He's like, why are you trying to be nice to everybody? He's like, you got to re- be real with this. Nobody wants to know about everyone being just nice. Wow. That's what I was like, all right. Sure. Okay. And then I had to go back and I had to be challenge crying. accepted. Yeah. Like, says <laughs> you have to kill your darlings. Like, I had to. Mm. I didn't want to write about a husband like that. I didn't want to write about yeah. a wife like that because that's not who I am. So it was hard, but I had to realize I'm not writing about me. Right. Let them be who they are. And I will tell you this if it was me, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't, I'm not nearly as understanding. No, oh. no, no. Right, right. We're not going to give it away, but me neither. I was waiting at that last page. I literally gasped at the end. I'm just going to say that. I literally gasped. This is how we're doing it. Wow. And that's the thing because right at that moment, I don't know it either until I'm there. And I'm like, Margaret wrote it. Not how I would handle it. Exactly. I I thought the same thing as I read it and went, oh. Are you serious? And I thought, well, that that is true to character. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but yes, no, I yeah, get Marie, it. Marie's ready to like, she's eviscerating everybody. I know. Time. Marie like, would have. Like, yeah, she's ready to go at it with pretty much anybody most yes. of the time. Like, I know. I so, loved her yeah, too. <laughs> it was, it, their friendship is very funny. And yeah. I am working on the sequel. We are. I'm oh, back at it. Hallelujah. So see more of them being silly because they are. Good. I because I miss them. You know, when I read a good oh, book, so I miss that's, characters that's when I really do. I mean, when I read a good book, I find myself, I get so into it. You know, if I haven't read them for a while, I'm wondering, like, wonder what they're up to today. <laughs> that is the biggest compliment you could give me because Stephen King is the one who got me started reading like they were just food and I was at the buffet. And Consequently, even his Stephen King, his book on writing, that did it. That was what helped me the most because it was again Frank. He said, "Write how you talk." Yes, yes. You, you just write, tell, write it down as if you're telling someone a story. If you want to tell the story, then tell it. Yes. So that that is what's sometimes interesting is having to back up and and not write it down with words like all perfect words and sentences. I have to right say it out loud and literally just write the words I just said as they are. Yeah. And is isn't always... I'm glad you did. <laughs> it was so good. Thank you so much. Oh, oh wow. Thank, thank you. you. I'm dying to know what they're up to. So hurry the hell... No, I don't want you to hurry, but I want you to hurry. <laughs> it's all, right. it's well, all about me. I'm dying yeah, to know I'm what they're up to. So get at it, me. sister. Yeah, I would like to get it done because, again, it's just <laughs> working stuff and starch. I smell smoke. It's better if we get this thing moving. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Just so everybody knows, 
I'm including a link to Grace in the show notes so people can order theirs. If they want to learn more about you or follow you, where should they go? They can go to Delaney-Parker.com. Okay. That's me right there. There's also, you can see me on Facebook, Delaney-Parker. And I also, I'm trying to, I have so much going on. Like I've literally, and I'm not, I'm a dinosaur with technology. The (laughs) fact that I even have any is shocking to me. My kids laugh at me pretty much on a daily basis because of my complete ineptitude. Damn with kids. this. Yeah, so, yes. So on Amazon, you can get my book. You can also go to the Troy Bookmakers website and get my book. And you can even send me an email at read at delaney-park.com. Yay. And are you, so, do you have any socials? Are you on social I'm media on at all? Facebook, yes. Delaney- okay, okay. that's right. You did say yeah. that. Okay. And I'm on Instagram as well. Okay, perfect. I will include links to all of those in the show notes so nobody has to drive off the road. If you're listening while you're driving, I got you. Okay, so it is tradition on this pod to offer a little middle finger salute. So here we go. You ready? All right. We here... We here in the FUMS nation speak to this stupid disease as it deserves, and we tell it FUMS every day. Would you, Delaney Parker, please be so kind as to lead us in that salute to the bastard? With middle fingers extended, of course, on three. Ready? One, two, three. Boom. FUMS. Oh, perfect. That was a nice one. With attitude and sass. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for this book. And and I can't wait. Can't wait for the sequel. Thank you so much for having me again. It was a wonderful chat. Thank you. Quick shout out to Steve Woodward at podcastingeditor.com for the fantastic work on this podcast, including editing, show notes, and ingenious ideas. If you'd like help with your podcast, whether you're just starting out or an old pro, visit podcastingeditor.com and tell Steve I sent you. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you listening to the FUMS podcast show. Be sure to subscribe to it so you won't miss an episode. You can do that right on the website at FUMSnow.com. While you're there, sign up for the free email list so you'll be among the first to know of any new findings in MS research, new therapies and products, as well as any blog posts and podcast episodes I release. Want to chat with others in the FUMS community? Join us on Facebook at FUMS Now. Thanks again, and don't forget to talk to the stupid disease as it deserves. Tell it FUMS every day.